It is March 22nd, 2013, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, so for the first time... For the first time ever. Ever, we're recording on a Friday. Yes. Normally we come in on, what, Sundays? And yes, usually Sundays and we're in here recording. When it's but, nice and quiet. But it's been nice and quiet the last few Fridays, so we figured, well, eh, might be a good time to do it. Yes. Well, that and you have family coming in. Yes. They're, the parents are landing. <laughs> <laughs> they may have already landed. I, I told them where the key was hidden, so oh, no. they might be at my house before I ever even get home, which is so frightening. But what project will your dad have started before you ever show up back exactly. at the house? Exactly. What pieces of furniture will my mom have already rearranged? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I should have left a list. Man, that was my my fault. <laughs> well, and then your sister gets in, what, like really late tonight? Oh, yeah. My sister's flying in because so. we are – hopefully I will survive it, but we're supposed to be doing the, <laughs> the rock and roll half marathon on uh, this Sunday. Oh. Another reason why we couldn't podcast this Sunday. Ah. But she has gotten into doing these half marathons, and there is a two-person relay also available. And so that's what my husband and I are going to be doing. Wow. So I'm just hoping. I'm trying not to schedule too much for Monday because I don't know if I'll be walking or <laughs> oh, not. Oh, you'll be fine on Monday. <laughs> Considering this is my first ever event at yeah, all. That's fine. I should have called Neil to say, hey, what's what do I need to do? <laughs> need I'm to not do a runner. <laughs> Help. Yeah. Nice. So I'll have tales of blisters and, oh. you know, yeah, all just the rest. Re- just remember to stay hydrated and... I don't know. Reward yourself at the end with something. Yes. Well, I guess the name probably gives it away, but apparently there are bands posted every mile along the route. Like, So do you get to stop? And I guess. Maybe that's <laughs> supposed to keep you energized. I don't know. That's what my sister said. I have to look it up on the website if that's actually true. Interesting. So, yeah. So it should be fun whether we actually – she said – her comment was she's not been training either. She's been doing more than I have. But she said as long as we don't get kicked off the course, we'll be okay. Okay. It doesn't matter how long it takes for us to do it as long as they don't kick us if off. If we're or, the last person walking across the finish line, it's fine. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Nice. <laughs> so that'll be my weekend. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm just thrilled because James is actually home for longer than a day and a half. I know. He's been traveling like crazy. Uh, everywhere, it seems like. And he got home yesterday afternoon at 3 o'clock, got on a conference call, we went and had dinner, and he worked until midnight. But yeah. where did he just get in from? Uh, from Chicago. Oh, geez. So yeah, he's like, oh, it was so cold there. He goes, it was just freezing. Like there were five blocks from the hotel to the office building, and people were taking cabs. Oh, yeah. They're you like, know oh, you know, it's, it's you know, like a 6 or $7 cab ride, and it's only four or five blocks, but it is cold. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then he's here until, well, he's here through Sunday. Then gets up and takes like a 6.50 flight to Denver. So he's in Denver again next week. And then hopefully he'll be home. But luckily we got to do the trip to New York and see our friend, surprise our friend in New York, uh, Candy Samples. Yes. In New York right before he started doing all this traveling. So we actually got to have a nice getaway, getaway trip. 
Yeah, that was well timed. Mm. It was that very was a good trip for you. Perfectly timed. And the funny part was, is we really didn't do anything. You know, we think, okay, you're an architect, you're in New York, you should be looking at this, you should go see that. And we slept every day till like 9.30, we laid in bed till 11, we, you know, just wandered around New York. I yeah, I know, I was bugging you on Facebook going, take pictures, why aren't you posting pictures? <laughs> and you're like, well, there's not really anything to take pictures of, we're well, not really seeing see anything. anything. Yeah. Like, you big loser, you're oh. in New York and you're not. But it was actually, it was, it was really nice. It was nice not to, to go, or really, our whole agenda in going was to surprise Candy. Because yes. she was hosting a, a bingo thing. And to just go and surprise her and, and then, you know, spend some time with her over the weekend. And we did that. And actually, one of the favorite parts of the trip was it started snowing on us as we were going over to Astoria on the last night. And we were going to hang out at, at Candy's and Candyland Studios. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Will's apartment. Um, and he was having some friends over and so we we're going to hang out there and we're walking from the, the subway stop. Um, and from there to his apartment and it's just, it's nighttime and it's snowing and it's this really soft, gentle snow across the, all the street lights and stuff. And it was just really one of those like kind of wow experiences. And so the whole trip, my whole trip is Surprise candy and ooh, snow. Ooh, snow. <laughs> so it was really cool. That's so funny. But interestingly enough, while I was gone, you had a very, uh, let's say, curious email or uh, interesting email, to say the least, from a client that was we've been talking to for, gosh, almost a year, I would think. Yeah, almost. Pretty close to a year. Mm -hmm. um, who called us about doing some work on their house in Neva. How old was our house in the 1920s or 30s? I think so, yeah. Over in Fort Worth, and we talked with them initially, and then life happened, and it's just kind of gotten pushed back. But she sent Laura this email, and we thought it would make a really interesting podcast. Yeah, so the basis of the email was that she had been talking to some of her neighbors in the area. They've been doing a lot of their homework, getting their ducks in a row as far as financing and getting getting the house refinanced and then um, figuring out how much room do they have as far as house value goes in their neighborhood. You know, a lot of people are improving, working on these older homes, and so they didn't want to price themselves out of the neighborhood, but they wanted to do it, you know, smartly. So she was talking with some of her neighbors, and, and when they found out that she had an MBA, they said, oh, you don't need a general contractor. You can you can manage. It's just like a big project management, you know. Task. Task, yeah. position, whatever. And they were trying to tell her that she could handle it, no problem. And they're not talking about just, you know, changing out some cabinets in the kitchen. They're yeah. talking about doing a pretty decent addition and redo of the whole master suite and, mm -hmm. you know, quite a few areas. And there's already some pretty tricky areas in the house to begin with, like foundation issues and yeah. a part of the brick wall in the back is was bowing. And I'm hoping they were able to get that taken care of last, last spring summer. or last, last summer. summer yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's sort of what the question that she posed to me was, what do you think? Do you think I could be our general contractor? So I put together an email back to her, and I didn't tell her yes or no because we've had clients who have been their own con their own GC, and it's worked great. And so what I did was I gave her a list of things to think about, things to consider if she's thinking about being her own general contractor. So that's what Larry and I thought we would share with 
with all of you today to, we don't want to push you one way or another, but we've been down this road a few times and we just wanted to throw a few things out there to, to think about. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, number one, number one, first of all, you can't do anything if you don't have the money. So if you're talking to a bank and thinking about getting a construction loan, there's a good chance that they will not do the loan unless you've got a general contractor on the project. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to want someone that's bonded, insured, and knows what a draw is, knows how their contractors or subcontractors work, lien releases, all that stuff. I mean, it's they're pretty, pretty strict. Well, even one of the projects I'm working on now, Every time the contractor does a draw, he's got to get you know the owner to sign off on it, to take it to the lender. The lender cuts them the check, then he has to go with the owner to the bank to actually deposit the check because they're cutting it with, I mean, they're, the, wow. the hoops that they put in place to protect their money because it's really, I mean, that's what they're doing yeah, is protecting absolutely. their money. That's one of those things they're going to do. Oh, and wow. so very good chance that they will say, you have to have a general contractor. Right, so some, exactly. That's something to think about. I mean, it's and unless, of course, as we said, if you have it's your own money, you know, if you don't have to go to the bank and, and look for a construction loan, then it's a different story, and it may very well work out okay. Right, exactly. So it just depends on it, and there actually may be some banks who don't require that, so you just have to ask. Yeah. So what makes this project special is that it is a historic home. And it has quite a bit of the historic elements still intact in the house. And the homeowners are very conscious of that, and they want to protect what's there. They don't want to go in and just gut the whole house and yeah. and take all the historic materials out. Right. So, of course, with any home remodel, anytime you're dealing with an existing building, there's going to be surprises, but even more so if you're dealing with a historic That's building. Because right. anytime you open a wall... Who knows what's going to crawl out? Right. Well, it's true. <laughs> well, and, and one of the big questions she had for us was lead paint. Uh-huh. You know, she hadn't thought about it, but, you know, there's probably lead paint all over that house. And with the regulations now, you have to be very careful about how you remove it. And you, I think you actually have to be certified. EPA certified. Right, yeah. To remove the lead paint. So it's something to consider. But yeah. Well, even not even if you're not removing it, it's if you're disturbing more than a couple square feet of mm-hmm. wall area or whatever area you're painting. Uh, it has to be uh, – you have to have certain protections in right. place um, so that it's all done carefully and safely. Yeah. So if you don't know that and you're punching holes in walls and all of a sudden the dust is going everywhere and they've got two little kids and one newborn, newborn, right? Exactly. So, yeah. So that's a very, I mean, that's a health risk thing that you need to be careful with. Right. But more so too, that you're going to get into something that you're not going to know, potentially not know how to fix. Mm -hmm. And that's where a good GC is going to come in. He's going to say, oh yeah, we've seen that before. Here's what we've done. Or he'll know, okay, this is the person we need to bring in right now. Because here's where we're going to be dealing with. And, you know, and when we were there looking at the house, we could even, you know, just walking through, you could see the things that were the used to be's, you know, like mm-hmm. in the master bedroom, the, they used to have the picture mold, like, which is very typical picture mold all the way around the room. Well, at some point, I guess the plaster ceiling had cracked enough and was, they were having so much trouble repairing it. They came in and put jipboard in and it squeezes right in between the, the, this nice little picture mold and what was probably the existing ceiling. Mm-hmm. So you start taking that down. What do you find underneath it? You know, it's plaster and you know, it's lath and 
now what? You know, right, exactly. And you want to maintain that sort of historic feel. Do you go back with, you know, chipboard again? Or is it, so it's, it's, there's a lot of things to consider, especially a house that's that old. Right. You want somebody that's got a good list of specialists that they've got on call that they can, when any kind of a situation pops up, they've, they know who to call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another thing that you might want to consider, too, is that most general contractors are going to warranty work for at least a year. So if something happens over the course of, you know, you're done with the project, then that next year something breaks, something, you know, starts to crack. You can always call the contractor and say, hey, you need to come out and look at this and get it taken care of. If you're your own GC, you're taking care of it. And sometimes it can be a product that breaks, and that means a plumber gets involved, and they're having to pull sinks or they're having to pull faucets, and suddenly you're finding yourself with an additional cost that maybe you could have avoided if the general contractor had been involved as well. Right, exactly. And you, the subs you may have used might be off and busy on other projects and may not be available to get back. But if you've got a general contractor who has those, those longer-term relationships with those subs, they may be... can pick up the phone and say, hey, guys, I need you to come over here this afternoon and right. get this they, taken care they of. They might be more responsive. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, another thing that we suggested that she think about was, was her homeowner's insurance. And, of course, anytime you start a new construction project or remodel, you want to let your insurance company know that mm-hmm. this is going on because they may want to put a particular rider on there for, you know, a certain amount of time mm-hmm. uh, to cover increased risks during construction. Right. Well, and cer- certainly if you're not living there. if you're, it's, right. There's a difference if you're living in the house, your regular homeowners will typically cover it. But if you move out of the house, and which is what they're going to have to do mm-hmm. when we get into their project, is the insurance company will require you to have a builder's risk. So in case something happens during the course of construction, then you're you're covered. But as well, the nice part about having a GC is he also has his own builder's risk insurance and he has his own liability insurance. Mm-hmm. So if something happens during the construction course, his insurance is probably going to take care of it. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, it's, we've had s- stuff as dumb as a painter threw a rag into a cardboard box. And it had, um, I'm trying to think, of, not, a, not a varnish on it, but it had some kind of sealer on it. And it's one of those things that's very volatile. And if you compress it, it will tend to get start getting hot. Oh, no. And that's what happened is this little box of, of whatever that he had thrown this rag into that rag got so hot it caught fire inside that box and caught that part of the house on fire. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the general contractor's insurance is going to cover that sort of thing. But if you're acting as your own, you're going to have to consider that there's a possibility that if something happens, you've got a greater liability than just being the homeowner. When I was working with a client who was acting as her own general contractor, one of the questions that came up frequently was was scheduling around, okay, so do we put the flooring in first or should we paint the doors or should we, you know, do we want to go ahead and wait to paint the walls until this is in? And, you know, it was just this whole what comes first, chicken mm-hmm. and egg sort of thing. <laughs> uh, you know, who's going to be stepping over who and who, what work is going to get done and then have to get redone because right. somebody screwed it up. And, well, and, and so, who can I schedule at the same time? Right. So that stuff is happening the way it needs to happen on a speedy, you know, because we can do 
this part and stop. And then have the guys come in and do this part and stop. But a lot of times you, that stuff gets scheduled. So as your own GC, you have to, ho hopefully you're working with an architect who can kind of guide you in that sense. But if not, I mean, and that was the interesting thing about, well, you have an MBA. It's just like a, a project management thing. You just manage the subs and you just schedule and it all, then no, <laughs> there's, yeah, there if, really is a process. Yeah. And in fact, I think they had even built their own house or done a remodeling project on a newer home um, in the town where they lived previous before they moved to Fort Worth. And so I know that they've been through the process before, mm -hmm. but it's entirely different when you're building a new home, you know, with a builder than if you're tackling this historic home renovation. It's totally right. different. Right. Um, so, yeah, the scheduling is something that's pretty tricky. And especially right now, as fortunately, construction's picking up. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those really good subs are going to be busy, and you want to be able to get them on the schedule when they need to be. Right be there so that your your schedule doesn't start dragging out and you have all this downtime when nobody's at the property. Right. Well, and, and two, the other thing to consider is that, you know, in, in, in relationship to that is that the contractor is going to have this set of subs that he likes to work with and that mm -hmm. are responsive to him. And that he knows I can, you know, I can call him up and say, guys, I got this project. Here's what the schedule looks like. Can, you know, and have those guys kind of adjust and fit into his schedule versus, you as a homeowner and acting as your GC going out in one, finding the right sub. Not not just necessarily scheduling the right sub, but finding the right sub, you know, making sure you're comfortable with them as, you know, being in your house and do they do good work and what's their past reputation. And you know, the, the, that whole process alone could be almost daunting to do. And then on top of that, because you don't have a real relationship with them, trying to get them onto your schedule so that everything is flowing the way it needs to. And I think that's the potential hazard is that as a homeowner run construction site or a job, you have the potential for your schedule to really stretch out because you're having to do this sort of little piece by piece by piece almost. And you don't have that ability to really schedule everyone the way they need to, to be scheduled. Right. Well, and one th concern I would have is that if you're working with this team of people, no matter how good they are, if they're only invested as long as this one project lasts, it's not like a general contractor that does project after project with the same people. Mm -hmm. If they're only there long enough to get their job done and then they're out of there, they may or may not have the, um, I guess, the investment in doing the quality of work that wow. they would if that quality of work was going to secure their next project. Right, exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That, so with someone that you have an ongoing relationship with, you have, first of all, you have a track record mm -hmm. of the quality that you can expect and, and really what they're capable of. Um, but then you also have the, I guess, the promise or the the relationship that says so you will do future business together. Yeah, and that, you know, there's that, the, I, I, I guess, expectation, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. that you would do another project together, that if it goes well, that there's that potential. But you're the homeowner GC. This is a one-off. Right, exactly. And the, so, best, the best you could offer them would be a referral to someone else. True, which was which is important. And yeah. I, I hate to, to kind of boil all this down to the, the lowest common denominator, but unfortunately you do have to sort of – I mean, you got to watch out for your investment. So yeah. um, you want to do your due diligence and interview, you know, more than one 
subcontractor and make sure yeah. that you're getting good references. And right. Well, and, and of course, you know, like they're doing now, they're talking to their friends and neighbors and finding out, you know, probably who they've used and who they like to deal mm-hmm. with and the experiences they've had. And so, of course, you can get that information and get that feedback, but still, that's the. Uh, it's a risk you take if you're willing to do that as a as your own GC. Right. Well, and if you decide that maybe you're not ready to go that route, you still want to talk to your friends and get oh, some sure. really good, strong recommendations because sure. you may find that they've got a cabinet person that they would let raise their firstborn child. Right. You know, they love this person so much and they do fabulous work. And so you might want to go interview that cabinet person and say, hey, I was considering being my own GC, but I'm I'm actually second guessing that now. I'm wanting to interview some general contractors. Do you have one right. who you work with? Who do you know? So maybe right. start with a really good sub that you would love to be able to do work on your project and say, "Hey, can you refer me right. to a general?" So it, there are different ways around it, but um, lots to think about. Lots to, lots to think about. Well, and and interestingly enough, she closed her last email with a little story about her husband who. I think this may have tipped the scales for her. He is an engineer, mm-hmm. but he works primarily on helicopters. And he decided one one weekend he was going to fix the plumbing in the second floor bathroom. And the end result being that there was water running down the dining room walls and pooling in the light fixture in the dining room. And she decided, and I think, I guess he decided too, was that, well... He's going to stick to helicopters. <laughs> yeah. And the neighbor is not allowed to bring his tools over anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Lesson learned. Lesson no, learned. No more trying to do it yourself. <laughs> right. Right. So, but yeah, if you're thinking about being your own GC, there's, you know, those things to consider and, and really, you know, and honestly, if you're working with an architect, talk to your architect because they may have, you know, different advice than, of course, we do because mm-hmm. we have our own, all have our own experiences and you may actually find an architect that is also a GC. Right. Because that's starting to happen now that you have a design build firm. So they can also guide you not just through the architecture portion of it. They can actually guide you through the construction portion of it as well. Yeah, exactly. That's a great combination. Because yeah. yeah. you've got somebody who's already intimately familiar with the plans and the yeah. project and what your vision is. And then on top of that, they're able to put it all together. Yeah. yeah so. so nice. Yeah. So I think um, in her email, she had once I had sent this to her about a week later, I got an email back and she said, um, so we've decided that's going to be a good investment and mm-hmm. we are just fine hiring put, a general Put that contractor. right back into the budget. Exactly. Those would be well-spent yeah. dollars. I think that's what they were concerned about, that it would, they thought they could save a little bit on the budget of the whole project by taking that out of it. Yeah. But you know what? They're just one mistake or one plumbing fiasco where water's pouring into your dining Dining room. room. Yeah. And any of that can immediately pay for that general contractor's fee. Oh yeah. 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 It may hurt a little bit to write the check in the beginning, but you'll be able to sleep better at night knowing that, you know, you had the people who were experienced in the right areas doing the right work. Well, and it'll be interesting as, as they continue their journey mm-hmm. to see what happens when you know, we finally are able to get involved and, and see what happens. And um, you know, hopefully we can guide them in the right direction and to the right contractor. And uh, this should, it should be a fun project. They're a great, great couple. Yes, so I'm, I'm looking forward fun. to it. Very energetic, young. Love the fact that it's old, an old house. So it's they're ready to house. really keep keep that feel to it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But anyway, so we thought we'd share that and let you guys in on a little bit of 
you know, something's correspondence. We don't often share correspondence, but we thought that was a really interesting piece that we ought to share with you guys. And of course, if you ever are in Dallas and you want to come to the Architecture Happy Hour, you can hear about it in person. We're, we are full of stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come buy us a cup of coffee and we'll just tell you all a kinds of great story. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually just had our March Happy Hour. We did. Yeah, it was fantastic. Great, great event. Um, tons of people. The showroom who hosted it, um, Bernadette Schaeffler Collection, and actually the owner, Bernadette Schaeffler, was there. She and her staff did just a fantastic job. I mean, I, we, we had so many compliments to the night about, oh, it's a great venue. Oh, the food's great. Oh, they're so nice. They've been so – everything has been wonderful with it. So, and so now I'm like, okay, every happy hour after this. <laughs> oh, yeah. The bar has I'm been like, raised. The bar has been raised. I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. And actually, from what I hear, the, the next showroom where we're having the April happy hour, they are really good about putting on a good show and a good party. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we've got a great April event coming up. And if you're in town, feel free. It's the third Wednesday of every month. Mm -hmm. Or join us on meetup.com at the Architecture Happy Hour. And you'll get the emails telling you where we're going to be and come by and say hi. We actually had, interestingly enough, a master's student from A&M mm -hmm. drove up. He actually was doing some interviewing here in Dallas as well, but he – Made sure he came by the happy hour. We saw, met him at um, convention last October. October, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we told In him, Austin. Said, yeah, we said, if you're, you know, available and you want to come up, feel free to stop by the happy hour. And sure enough, he came in and it was like, yay, yay. So, yeah. you know, um, I try to tell him, if even if you get a job up here, once you have a job, you still have to come to the happy hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I wanted to, um, I, this just reminded me at, on iTunes, mm -hmm. you can leave a rating and a comment about yes. the podcast. Yes. And I would love to see more ratings and more comments as long as there are four and five and 12 stars and yeah. are completely glowing and, and make me blush. That would be fabulous. And But there is a comment on there already, and I just wanted to thank whoever left that comment because it really was very complimentary. And yeah. it mentioned um, something about listening to Laura and Larry and how it feels like they've known us for years. And um, so I'd like to thank my sister for leaving that. Because, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I wish I knew who it was because I'd like to tell them thank you. So, yeah. so if you're listening, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, if you get a chance, go on iTunes and give us a rating because right now I don't think we have enough to for any stars to show up. No, not on, really. uh, You know, and my whole self-worth is tied up in how many stars I have on my podcast. Yes, so. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, then, of course, you can always find us on Facebook and Twitter and yes. LinkedIn and everywhere under the sun. That's right. Under the sun. So, and, of course, go to our website, hpdarch.com. That's right. We are actually architects. And interior designers. Yes, and we have our own firm, HPD Architecture. Yeah. We always forget we to always say forget that forget to part. say that. We figure you guys, you guys know us, so no big deal. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> well, I hope everyone has a wonderful spring, and we will see you all again in April. Yeah, and actually, if anybody has been their own GC, stop by our Facebook page and, and tell us, us about know. it. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear how that went. Yeah. Or if you or, have anything to add to the conversation. Or how it didn't went. <laughs> right. <laughs> how you wish it hadn't gone. Uh, yeah, yes. anyway. All right, well, everyone have a great time, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.